Welcome to Worship from Schweitzer. We're so glad you've joined us in worship today. I'm Pastor Jason. I'll help be our guide through this time of worship together. If this is your first time worshiping with us, if you let us know that you're here, we'd love to send you a gift card just to say thanks. This week, we start our second week in the sermon series on the Spirit-filled life. We're gonna be taking a look at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit can be alive and active with us and inside of us. If you've been worshiping with us for a long time and would like to grow deeper in your faith, take some notes from the sermon and grow deeper with that, you can go to schweizer.church next. You'll find a number of groups you can be a part of. You'll find questions that go along with the sermon. We'd encourage you to go to schweizer.church next. Now, Stephanie's gonna come and share with us some ways that we can connect and grow deeper and serve our community through the ministries of Schweitzer. Let's listen in. Hi, I'm Stephanie. We know there are always a few new faces around. If that's you and you are interested in learning more about us as a church and learning more ways that you can get connected, we would love to invite you to our next All In Gathering happening on Sunday, March 27th, right after the 1045 service. You can find out more and sign up online at schweitzer.church next or talk with Sheila in the lobby today. Easter is coming up on April 17th, and this year we are hosting two services here on campus, one at 9 a.m. and one at 11 a.m. As a part of this day, we are planning some big celebrations and we need some volunteers to help us get ready. If you'd like to be a part of our Easter prep parties on either March 22nd or April 7th, you can sign up online at schweitzer.church next or talk with Sheila Pippen. And you can find out more about all things Easter at schweitzer.church Easter. Men, are you ready to get out and hike? then you will not want to miss the Guys Mountain Gathering at Busick State Park on Saturday, March 26th at 8 a.m. You'll start the day with a simple breakfast and then spend the morning exploring God's beautiful creation. You can find out more and sign up online at schweitzer.church men. Schweitzer is a busy place with many opportunities to connect for all different ages. We have several open and ongoing groups, including Grief Share and our Be the Bridge discussion happening on Sundays, plus Bible studies and groups meeting all throughout the week. You can find out more online at schweitzer.church next and click on the Find a Group button to find out lots of more ways that you can connect. We are so excited that you are here this morning. Let's continue with worship. Thanks, Stephanie. Isn't she incredible? She memorizes all that stuff each and every week to let us know how we can be a part of what's happening at Schweitzer. It's pretty incredible. Well, are you ready for worship? And we hope you are. If you're worshiping with us live, we encourage you to check in, let us know that you're here. You can say hi and wave to people in the chat feature. If you'd like prayer, you can go to the prayer room and somebody would be happy to pray with you. But next up, here we go. We're ready to worship in song. Let's enter in. Articulate 
With a thousand tongues to lift one cry Then north and south and east and west We'd hear Christ be magnified And were the whole earth echoing His eminence his name would burst from sea and sky From rivers to the mountaintops We'd hear Christ be magnified And oh, Christ be magnified let his praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. And oh, Christ be magnified in the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. When every creature Finds its inmost melody And every human heart is native cry Then won't rapture hear our praise We hear Christ be magnified Oh, Christ be magnified Puts me in the fire. I rejoice because you're there too. And I won't be formed by feelings. I hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Because death is just the doorway into resurrection life. If I join you in your sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, oh, my heart will still be singing and my song will be the same. And oh, Christ be magnified, let his praise arise. Yeah. 
As we come to a time of prayer today, I'd like to use a liturgy that was composed by Winfield Blevins in a new book called Living Room Liturgy. The liturgy that um, I'd like to use today is for a time of social conflict and distress. We know the conflict raging at different points in our world. Um, I'd like to use this guided prayer. First, we'll be met with a, a psalm, and then a short prayer, and then a time of silence, and then the Lord's Prayer. So I invite you to pray along with me. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Kind Father, as we think about the events of this day, increase, O God, we pray, the spirit of neighborliness among us, that in peril we may uphold one another, in suffering tend to one another, and in homelessness, loneliness, or exile, befriend one another. Grant us brave and enduring hearts, that we may strengthen one another until the disciplines and testing of these days are ended, and you again give peace in our time. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. then let's say the prayer that Jesus taught us together. When we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to a time of offering, I'd like to share with you one of the ministries that's begun to bubble up and emerge here at Schweitzer in the last several months. We all know that grief is something that we go through, but grief has been heavy, really heavy, in the last couple of years. Well, recently, a group of people have come together to say, how would Christ help us to minister to those around us and even to ourselves in that sense of grief? And so back in December, there was a a one-day seminar that spoke, um, spoke to those who are encountering grief. Recently, a group has started called Grief Share. Um, and if you'd like to be a part of that or would like to know more what that's like, you can go to schweitzer.church slash grief share to learn more. But all of those things are made possible because people have been faithful and generous with their tithes and their offerings. We're, we are really grateful. Uh, so today, as we continue to worship, if you'd like to give, you can go to schweitzer.church slash give. Uh, and make a contribution that helps continue and carry on the ministry of Jesus. Thank you for doing so. And now, next up, we're going to hear from Pastor Spencer 
And he's going to share with us week two on the Spirit-Filled Life. Let's enter in. Welcome today. My name is Spencer. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Uh, This is part two of our series called The Spirit-Filled Life, where we're spending six weeks from now until Easter exploring the promise of the Holy Spirit. As we explore the promise of the Holy Spirit, we're trying to be really practical in this because we really want to be asking the question of what does it mean to live in the promise of the Holy Spirit? Not just know about the Holy Spirit, but actually live in the promise and the presence of the Spirit in our life, which is why we're calling this series The Spirit-Filled Life, because this is practical about how we really live our lives in the power of the Spirit. Now, to guide this series, we're reading from a lengthy teaching of Jesus. We're reading straight from Jesus about what He teaches about the Holy Spirit. It's found in John 14, 15, 16, 17. So four chapters, and we're reading every word, just line by line, as we walk through this teaching that He has, of, that Jesus has. And, and this teaching of Jesus, it falls right on the heels of the Last Supper and right before he's arrested and uh, is crucified and resurrected. And so he has this time after the Last Supper where they're sitting around the table and uh, they've shared the meal together and and Jesus starts to teach about what's going to happen next. You know, and when he is gone, as he's uh, about to be crucified and resurrected. So what happens next? And this teaching is so much just about the Spirit-filled life. How do we live in the power of the promise of the Holy Spirit. So we're just reading through this, you know, line by line, word from word, word for word, and just uh, learning from Jesus. What does he teach us about this? So last week when we got this started, we, we read about the promise of assurance that it's through the Holy Spirit that the Spirit guides us and leads us and speaks to us that we can have confidence in Christ. And when we have confidence in Christ, oh my goodness, our lives start to really change. Today, we're going to get, we're going to be very practical as we read and study what Jesus teaches. And we're going to uh, see a, a promise that Jesus has that, oh my goodness, it is for absolutely everyone. Like this, this struggle that Jesus is going to address today is something that if you have been a follower of Jesus, I promise you, you have wondered about. This is something that some of us today, we've got questions about today, struggles, questions we're, we're, we're wrestling with today that we, we need answers for. Uh, if you're going to follow Jesus, you've asked in the past, you're going to follow, you're going to ask in the future. Like this is just a really, really common thing uh, that we're going to address today as we read through this. So we're going to pick up right where we left off. John chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Here's how it goes. It says, then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, which kind of makes me laugh because it's like, then Judas, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, but not that other guy, not the one you're thinking of, because you know, Jesus had other followers than just the 12 apostles that you think of. And, and Judas is a common name in the first century. And I could just imagine how this, this Judas would have introduced himself from like the rest of his life. He'd be like, hey, I'm Judas. Nice to meet you. But I'm not the Judas you're thinking of, right? I'm not, I'm not that guy. So, so Judas, but not the same Judas you're thinking of. He said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Remember, they're sitting around the table after dinner. Jesus has just talked about the way of salvation and this assurance we have from the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so this, this follower of Jesus, Judas, but you know, not the other Judas, he speaks up. 
Lord, you know, what about this way of salvation? Where are you going to show this to everyone in the world? And here's Jesus' answer to that. Verse 23, and Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not love my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And all this I have spoken while still with you. And then comes verse 26. This is so important. 26 says this, but the, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's so, so important. You should underline that in your Bible and we should read this one more time because it's so, so important. This promise here, John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So once again, Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit. And as he does so, just like we talked about last week, he uses this word um, advocate to describe the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, some Bible translations will, will translate this differently. Some Bible translations will translate this word advocate as um, comforter or helper, which I personally think are bad translations. Um, the original Greek that's been translated here for, as advocate is the word, uh, the Greek word paraclete. Um, and uh, this is a, a, a very specific word in the New Testament used to describe the Holy Spirit. But in the Greek, wider Greek-speaking world, the word paraclete, paraclete was a, was a um, legal term that was used to describe someone who advocated or guided you in court. And, and this is why I think the word comforter, helper, are bad translations for what this word really means because the Holy Spirit is not just about making you feel good, like a comforter. And the Holy Spirit is not just like, going to come around sometimes to help you out, like, you know, your buddy's going to help you move. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, an advocate is with you all the time, devoted to you, committed to you. Not just when life is easy and good, but the advocate is going to be with you no matter what you face. It's going to guide you through some of the hardest situations, and it's going to come alongside you. That's what the word paraclete, you can hear it, para means to come alongside. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to do, is come alongside us. Um, to guide us and to lead us. This is the promise that we have from Jesus is that this, this Holy Spirit is available to us. Now let's keep reading here. Um, Jesus keeps going. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. And if you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. And I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world, that is Satan, is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. And then we're going to pick up right here next week as we um, continue this series. But today, as we think about this, we hear this promise that Jesus has to us about the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26. Let's read it one more time because it's so, so important. Jesus said this, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, this context of this promise here about the Holy Spirit teaching us and reminding us and leading us, the context here is about, is about being obedient to the Father, right? That's the whole question that started this. Lord, why won't you show yourself to the world? Show this way of salvation. And Jesus' answer was, no, you're going to do it by the way you live your life. And, and in the midst of that context of, 
of obedience and living a life obedient to the Father is this promise of the Holy Spirit. Because if you want to live a life to, to honor God, to glorify God, there is an advocate who's going to come alongside you, who's going to fill your life in order for you to do this. Because there's an assumption in this promise as well. I don't know if you caught the assumption, but there's an underlying assumption here that, that if you want to live a life that honors God, glorifies God, you need help, right? It's not just going to happen on its own. You need help. You need someone to come alongside you, to guide you, to lead you. You, you need this because the reality of life, I hate to tell it to you, break it to you, but the reality of life is you may want to live a life that honors God. You may want to live a life that glorifies God, but you know what? you're going to face temptations. You're going to face pressure. You're going to, you're going to be tempted to live according to your feelings instead of the truth. You're going, to, you're going to have things that come against you. You're going to have pressure from culture, from family, from friends, from other people. You're going to have uh, desires that lead you away. You're going to be tempted to wander or chase after the wrong kinds of things. Like You may want to live a life that honors and glorifies God, but you can't do it on your own. You need help. You need an advocate because, because this, this is the reality of life. There's temptations, there's, there's wandering, there's, there's an enemy that's working against us. There's our own feelings that we battle against. You need an advocate. And this, and this brings me to this common, common struggle that every Christian has. And, and, and we referenced it at the beginning. And really, this is the most common question I get as a pastor is, is about this struggle. This, this question that people have, oh my goodness, like, I don't know what the second most common question is, but this is by far the most common question I get asked as a pastor. And it's, it's really just a simple question. I bet you've asked it before. And if you haven't asked it before, or right now, you've asked it before and you certainly will ask it in the future. But I, the most common question I get as a pastor is this, what is God's will for, and then like fill in the blank, right? X, Y, or Z. What is God's will for this decision I have in my life? What is God's will for this relationship? What is God's will for this choice I have? What is God's will for how I handle this difficult person? What is God's will for, do I take this job? Do I not take this job? Like I get asked this question a lot. I love this question. I love it so much because it comes from such a good place. Like this is a question that someone is asking when they want to please God, when they want to live a life that honors God and glorifies Him. I just, I love the question and it's so common. I mean, all of us ask this at some point. Some of us are asking it right now. Like we're wondering what is God's will for, you know, whatever it might be in our lives. Common, common, common question. And, and it may be a question that you're asking right now. And if it's not right now, you've asked it before. You'll ask in the future. We all ask this question at different times and it comes from such a great place. And here's, here's the answer I give most of the time when people ask me this question um, as their pastor. And if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down, but here's the answer I give. Here's my wisdom. Ready for it? What's God's will for, you know, X, Y, or Z? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know what you're facing. I don't, I don't know what God's will is. You take that job or not take that job, move over there, not move over there, marry that person, not marry. I don't know. I don't know what God's will is. I, 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 I don't know, but here's what I do know. I do know that there is an advocate, a Holy Spirit, who'll come alongside you, to guide you, to lead you, to remind you of the truth, to lead you into God's will so that you can live a life that pleases Him. This is the promise, John 14, 26. We're all gonna have questions about how do we please God, glorify God, live for Him, be a witness in the world about Him. And the promise here is that there is one who's gonna come alongside you. It's gonna fill your life. 
It's going to lead you and guide you so that you can live a life that honors and glorifies God. And so let's get practical today, because what does that look like? How, how do you experience the Holy Spirit actively leading you in your life? Because it's one thing, again, to know that the Spirit's going to do it, but how do you actually live into that promise and into that reality? And so today what I want to offer you is some really practical, practical um, things that if you pay attention to these things, I promise you, the Holy Spirit, you're going to experience the Holy Spirit guiding you and leading you and, and giving you the the wisdom to, to not to, to navigate whatever it is that you find in your life. So I'm going to, this is not rocket science, I'm going to offer you three things, three things that if you pay attention to these three things, you are going to find the Holy Spirit uses these things. And these are tried and true um, methods, tried and true things that Christians across the generations have found to be true, that when you pay attention to these things and cultivate these things, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, guides us, leads us into what God has for us. Three things, ready? Here they are. The Word of God, the people of God, and the presence of God. Three things, one more time. The Word of God, the people of God, and the presence of God. So let's break these down. How does God speak to us and lead us in these different ways? We'll start with the Word of God, the Word of God. I love the wisdom um, from Psalm 105. Psalm 105 um, says, says this, that your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. I love that. So clear. God's word, aka the Bible, is, is the lamp for how we live our life. You see, the primary way, and I want to say that again, the, like capital T, capital H, capital E, the primary way that you are going to experience God leading your life is through the Word of God. It is the primary thing that you're going to experience. So, so as you pay attention to this, you are going to be guided by the truth of the Bible. If you want to know what is God's will for my life, what is God's will for this situation, for this relationship, for whatever it is you might be facing, what is God's will for this? Start with the Bible. And you think about the Bible, I mean, think about what a gift we have in the Bible. I mean, we have here these, the recorded, the revealed word of God, the revealed revelation of God given to us, confirmed through generations of Christians who have lived it and, and understood it and walked in it. Like this is the way that God is going to speak to us and lead us. And so people come to me. I mean, it's the most common question I get asked as a pastor. What's God's will for, you know, X, Y, or Z, fill in the blank, whatever it might be. And often I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I know there's a promise that the Spirit's going to guide us. But here's one thing I'd say to you is, is this. Um, are you reading your Bible? You know, you've got a question before you about what does God want for me in my life? Well, I'd start here. Are you reading your Bible? Because you should not expect God to speak to you if your Bible's closed. I'll say that again. Don't expect God to speak to you if your Bible is closed. This is the word of God given to us. This is how God speaks to us and lead us. And, and the Holy Spirit has a way of, of using the Bible to guide us into his truth and, and how he wants us to live. And this happens in, in lots of different ways. Maybe one of the most obvious ways that this happens is, is that the Bible simply reveals to us what God's will is for our life. I mean, if you're facing a difficult situation, you got a question before you, you're not sure what God wants you to do, here's the first place I'd start is, Am I being obedient to the clear and plain teaching of the Bible? Is it, is that, am I being obedient to that in, in my decisions, in my life, and how I'm treating people? Am I be, being obedient to the clear and plain teachings of the Bible? That's where I'd start. 
And what I found, though, is that the, the Bible, the Holy Spirit has lots of ways to use the Bible, though, to, to start to speak to us. And it starts with just being obedient to the Word, but, but then the Holy Spirit has other ways of, of, of using the Bible to speak to us. Um, I've known lots of people who like to play like Bible roulette whenever they have these questions of what does God want us to do? You know what I mean by that? It's like pick a random verse and maybe that's what God wants us to do. That's how God's going to speak to me through the Bible. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but I think the, the real way that the Holy Spirit tends to use the Bible to speak to us is, is that the Holy Spirit, when we spend time with the Bible, spend time in God's Word, the Spirit has this way of, of bringing the Bible into our lives and using that time that we've spent to, to speak to us and guide us in real time in these real questions that we have. Like, like don't be surprised if when you're facing a, a question about, you know, what does God want me to do in this or that? that the Holy Spirit doesn't bring a verse from the Bible to your mind or a parable or a story or a time in Scripture because what the Holy Spirit has a way of doing is when you've cultivated a life that's grounded in the Bible, the Spirit has a way of bringing those things up to you in, in places and times to be like, hey, here, here is God's truth. Here is the truth. Now live into this. Or, or don't be surprised if when you're reading the Bible, um, there's a verse that just doesn't like jump off the page at you. Even a verse you've read a hundred times before, but because you've got a different situation and you're thinking about something, it's like, it's almost as if the Holy Spirit's like, hey, 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 pay attention. This is my will. This is what I want you to do. Listen, listen, listen. It's right, it's right here. And so the, the primary way that the Lord is going to speak to us, the primary way the Holy Spirit guides us, and we live into this promise, John 14, 26, is, is through the Bible. So don't expect God to speak to you if your Bible's closed. And so we pay attention to some things. We pay attention to the Word of God. Another thing we're going to pay attention to is the people of God, the people of God. So I think about Colossians uh, chapter 3, where we, we read this. Colossians 3 says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Now the you there is not you individually, but you collectively, corporately, plural, y'all. Let the message of Christ dwell among y'all, the, 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 the church, the people of God, richly as you teach and admonish one another, all of you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You see, the Holy Spirit has a way of using the people of God, those who have the message of Christ dwelling in them to, to speak words of encouragement and accountability, words of uh, challenge sometimes, words of comfort that we only find when we, when we spend time and cultivate relationships with the people of God. You see, the, the church, the people of God, is such a gift that has been given to us that, that the Spirit will often use other people to speak directly into our lives. But what saddens me is that there's so many of us, even people who are going to be engaging with this sermon today, so many of us who are trying to live a Christian life apart from other Christians. We're not intentionally developing Christian friendships. We're not intentionally engaging in the fellowship of the church. And, and when that happens, I'm going to tell you, this is, this is what you should come to expect. If you're trying to live a Christian life by yourself, here's what you should come to expect. Um, there will be times where you face grief, pain, temptation. You got weakness. You've got sin in your life, maybe addictions or secrets, things that you're carrying by yourself. And because no one is praying for you and because um, you're not leaning on anyone else. No one's speaking words of life into you because this is how you're living your life. You should expect for all of those struggles just to continue. That's, that's how it's going to work. Like if you want to, to live a life outside of, of God's grid, perfect will for you, 
isolate yourself. If you want to destroy your life, isolate yourself. Because there's a gift that's available to you that, that we would together walk in, in, in holiness and walk in God's will and walk into what God has for us. Like the Holy Spirit has a way of using the church they're using the people of God for, for his purpose. This is why I, I believe so much in, in things like small groups, because it's a chance for us to intentionally develop those relationships with other Christians, other people who are trying to go the same direction in life that we do. And, and when we do this, don't be surprised when someone says something, maybe not even something they're intending to, that it's just, it's a word of encouragement or confirmation, or, or maybe it's, it's, a, it's a word of challenge or or comfort that, that helps direct us. Like the Holy Spirit has a way of speaking through other people in our lives, but we have to cultivate this. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm sad because some of us, I'm just gonna call a spade a spade here, but some of us have been leaning out of the fellowship that God has called us to be a part of. We've been leaning out. I mean, this Sunday, think about this. This Sunday marks two years since we shut down. And some of us, For two years, we have not worshiped with other Christians. For two years, we've not studied the Bible with other Christians. For two years, we have have not been a part of a group. We've not been part of a study. For two years, we've been limping along and and we've been leaning out of the fellowship. It's time to lean into the fellowship, to lean into the people of God. Because if you want to experience the Holy Spirit's leadership in your life, I promise you, you have to cultivate relationships with the people of God. It's one of the ways he speaks to us. The word of God, the people of God. Here's another way, the presence of God. I love this. Psalm 116 says it like this. This is so good. Psalm 116, verse nine. My heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Verse 10, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. I love this. It's like, it's like, God, you love me so much. You're not going to let harm come to me. You're, you're, you're going to have my back. Like, so I, I just know that I can trust you. I know I can depend on you. I just love this. And then the Psalm ends, this next verse. I love this. It's so good. Verse 11, you make known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I just, I love that. It's like, you're not gonna leave me alone. You're not gonna leave me just to walk life on my own, but rather you want to fill my life. It is in the presence of God that we find the leadership, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That when we cultivate an experience of the presence of God, we should come to expect the Spirit to speak to us because the Spirit fills our lives. Now, of course, we are always in God's presence. We gotta <laughs> acknowledge that, right? We're always in God's presence. I love it when Christians sometimes we pray, and I'm not picking on anyone because I say this too, but sometimes when we pray as Christians, we're like, God, would you please just be with us? <laughs> I love that prayer because like, yeah, God's always with us. I mean, he's, he's always surrounding us. He's always, he's always with us. But, but sometimes what we gotta do is we need to cultivate that experience of his presence cultivate the listening that happens in his presence, the whisper of his voice and understanding what that sounds like. I remember the first time I read through the Bible, years and years ago, the first time I've read through the Bible, my big takeaway from reading through the Bible for the first time was how often the Lord would say to his people, seek after me. 
pursue me. Come find me. And as I read through the Bible, I just, I felt like this was, I just felt it on every page. God was calling his people to come after him, to seek after him. And of course that's true because God's desire is to be found by us. He wants us to know him and to walk with him. But there's this way that we have to cultivate an experience with his presence. Now, next week, we're going to talk about this in detail. We're going to go deep into how do we walk in the presence of God. So I don't want to say too much because I got a lot to say next week. But today, what I, what I want to call us to, though, is, is the acknowledgement, that the realization that we need to be cultivating these experiences, whether it's through setting aside a time every day where we sit in silence before the Lord, we pray, we read the Bible, or, or even just during the day where we take a breath and we realize that God's presence is right with us, that He wants to speak to us and guide us. Like we need ways of cultivating the, the acknowledgement, the awareness of his presence so that we can hear the whisper of his voice. You see, there's a promise before us, a promise straight from Jesus. John 14, 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you will empower you and fill your life so that you can live a life that pleases God, that honors Him, that others are drawn into a relationship with Him. This is the promise that's before us. And we're going to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, Him leading us and guiding us in our lives. Listen, when we cultivate a life that's willing to listen, we cultivate a life that's expecting to hear from God, a life that's grounded in the Word of God, a life that's surrounded by the people of God, a life that is expecting to experience the presence of God, the the life that is waiting for the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Now, as we close today, we're gonna close like we're gonna do every week in this series, and we're just gonna take a moment to pause, and we're gonna ask for the Spirit to fill our lives. We're gonna ask for the promise that Jesus gives us to be true for us, And as we're reading this promise today of the Spirit's guidance, I I know that there are some of us who have some very specific choices before us where we're asking that question, what is God's will for? And you fill in the blank. And we just want to ask that even in these moments of of prayer, um, that the Spirit might begin to stir us and speak to us and lead us about what it is that He might have for us. Let's pray together. And so, Lord, we simply start with a, a simple prayer where we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you fill our lives, fill our minds, fill our hearts with you? For some of us, there are very specific choices, decisions that we have. We want to live a life that pleases you and honors you. But we've got questions about what that looks like in some very specific places, and we want to name those to you today. Maybe it's relationships, decisions, some choices we have, difficult people. I don't know what it might be, but Lord, would you speak to us and guide us? And, and, and Lord, would you encourage us and empower us to be a people who cultivate a life that is listening, that is expecting, that is experiencing the Holy Spirit. For some of us, it means we need to return to a bio, the Bible, to be grounding ourselves in the Word of God, to be opening the Bible on a daily and regular basis. For some of us, it's, it's leaning into the fellowship of the church because this is a gift you've given us. For others of us, it might be cultivating a time where we can listen and expect to experience the presence of God. And so, Lord, we thank you that you love us so much, that you are with us, that you come alongside us, and that you want to lead us and guide us. In the name of Jesus, we pray today. Amen.
Hey, thank you friends for joining us in worship today. Thanks to Stephanie and the worship team and Spencer for all the ways that they contributed to our experience of worshiping the Lord. If you know somebody that would benefit from this worship experience, we'd encourage you to take a moment, share it on social media, share with a friend, um, share with those around you. We look forward to you joining us next week for week three of The Spirit-Filled Life. And I don't know what else you're looking forward to, but I'm looking forward to April, to gardening, to flowers and all that fun stuff, along with baseball and even spring football. It's a great day. It's a great time to be alive. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Shall come with shine.